Hello, hello. Hello. And welcome to <laughs> the New York Mystery Machine. Town Hall, but for ghosts. Don't make a point, Christina. I'm going to make a point. Christina's when wearing, I said I was going to make Christina's a point. Christina's wearing headphones right now. First and foremost, when our intro music played, she was like, oh, it's so loud. And I looked at her with, with a grin of grins. And then to prove her point that she'd still scream into the microphone when she had her own headphones on, she had to be very loudly. For that, the record, my screaming into the headphones was much less loud than that intro playing in our ears. So loud, so loud. That was really freaking loud. Every time. I don't know how to make it less loud. I mean, I do know how to make it. I just don't do it. Uh, you never have to worry about it. So. You're right. I don't. I mean, you will Benefit, see. No. Anyway, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> what a fun show we have in store, you guys. It's an exciting time for 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 what, what did we what did we what did we say we we're gonna call the sinners again? Um, what, what was Sam's suggestion? Machinists, machinists. The machinists. That can't be right. Ma- machinists. Sam, what did you? <laughs> Hold on, let's say she texted it to us. But, right, but I, I can see it, but I don't know how we would pronounce it. Is the oh, me neither, but we're going to do it together. Great. Because um, last two weeks on the show, two weeks ago on the show, we didn't we, we were referring to the people listening to our show at, in, in a certain like name, and we didn't know. Then all of a sudden... Um, we weren't sure if it was a word. We didn't sure if it was a word. And then Sam Confirmed. McKelvey, legendary, uh, sent a... Machinists. So you'd be the machinists. The New York machinists. Unless it's the machinists. It's not machinists. It's the machinists. Okay. If I'm wrong... They won't tell us. I feel like they haven't corrected us very much, even though I know we've been wrong on so many things. We've been wrong on so many things. Special pronunciation, dear God. I really... like. I We keep asking you all to send us things and theories for season finale, if you don't know. Season finale is coming up. Just a few weeks. One may believe in three weeks. Mm. Um, to our season finale, and on that show, we we talk about all your theories. We talk about stuff that we found, stuff that you found. Um, in any case, we would love if people just send us all the things that we've said wrong in the show. Yes, places, people's names, accents, accents, everything. Let yeah. us know. Correct us. Uh, in any case, we're so excited. We are we are rapidly hitting down uh, to to the last few episodes of season two. It's been such an incredible season. I can't believe. We, I can't believe a second a second year is, second is, year. is, is, is wrapping up. Um, and so, like I said, if you do have any theories, direct uh, uh, slide to our DMs on Instagram uh, at NY Mystery Machine, or you can email us nymysterymachine at gmail.com. Let us know some of your theories about, about the cases we've covered this season or last season. We want to talk all about them in depth uh, in just a few weeks. Um, you guys... Honestly, a, if you have a great sandwich idea, let us know that too. Inspired by an episode, that's we'd in, love to hear. Just it. in general, yeah, in general. If you have good sandwiches, you guys, we said it, we teased it, we talked about it. They're back today on the show. We got "Ain't It Scary" with Sean Carey's Sean and Carey, ah! the, the the very titular Sean and Carey, as they say on their show. <laughs> um, we're so excited to be chatting with them all about Bigfoot. If you guys are like, who are these people? I don't know who these people are. We had them on our show last year. Yeah, so Season one, we had Sean and Carrie on the show talking all about aliens. It was yep. exciting. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to season one. And I promise, after the end of this episode, you're going to be so hooked on Sean and Carrie. You're going to want to check out their podcast, which you can wherever podcasts are podcasts <laughs> wherever podcasts are available. And it's Gary with Sean and Carrie. Be sure to check them out. And then guess what? You're going to listen to this one, right? You're listening to this one. And then on Thursday oh, of man. this week, of this this very same week, if you're listening to this live, on Thursday of this week, we're going to be on their podcast. <gasps> and guess what we're going to be talking about what there? What are going to be talking about? More Bigfoot shit. What? So it's a whole week collab. Part one today on the New York Mystery Machine. Part two on Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. We're so excited. Um, th- we, 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 we call each other our, our spiritual sister shows. Um, and it's honestly every time we get in a room with the two of them, a digital room because they're in Connecticut Apparently. and we're in New York. Um, every time we get into uh, a room with them, it's just nothing. it's a delight. It's delightful. It's a joy, and we hope that that you get as much joy as we do. All right. Without any further ado, please welcome our friends Sean and Carrie. Woo! Hello, guys. Aggressive. Hello. Hi. How are you? It is. We're great. It's such a pleasure to be joining you again. Um, 
We just came in from Connecticut, and my arms are killing me. <laughs> the same thing last time. Genuinely, I think so. Even if we were in New York, like we would have driven, right? We wouldn't have flown there. But it's <laughs> so, oh, most. oh, those 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 flights from uh, Connecticut to uh, to LaGuardia. Those are class. <laughs> those are good flights. It's it's brutal too because just walking through LaGuardia takes about as long as it would have taken you to drive. Oh my Excellent point. <laughs> Especially now, and this is like such New York, you know, if you don't live in New York, sorry, everybody. They just redid the terminals at LaGuardia. And so some of the flights are still coming out of the old terminals. Mm -hmm. So you like, you yeah. go into the new terminal, then you walk past the old terminal that looks like a, like a, a war-torn country. <laughs> and by the time you get to your flight, it's like 20 minutes have passed. Yes. We just came back from uh, JFK about a week ago and there was one terminal that was totally closed like okay great two of the major airports are doing this massive construction really really convenient and a bunch of people had to like get on the shuttle and then get on a bus and you know sucks for them i guess yeah, you know I, <laughs> I feel like most podcasts that i listen to are la people complaining about la traffic yeah. and describing routes to places so you know they, this is just a little of the other this is the yeah. east coast brings yeah. the podcast game <laughs> Just lots of plain shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're so happy to have you guys back on the show. This is our second year. How exciting. Two years in a row. It's now officially a partnership. There you go. Um, Absolutely. It's not, it's not a fluke anymore. Um, but we're so happy to be to be chatting all things Bigfoot. 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 Big reveal right there. Yeah. We're, uh... I mean, it's not a reveal. They saw it on the, on the title card. That's... True. Christina always thinks Christina always thinks it's a big reveal. I'm like, Shh, they don't know what they don't know. Episodes yet. <laughs> like it's on the title card. Well, to be fair, my titles used to be, I I before they before, were banned. Before I corrected, and all listeners know, before I corrected Christina on like the best best practices in podcasting, meaning like <laughs> a title, and... a title is what motivates people to click. This episode, they would, were great titles. This episode would have been called "A Mysterious Creature That Wanders Across the Sea: Colon, <laughs> The Story of Big Lou the Bigfoot." <laughs> I feel like that's how they title books now. Books are, yes. are these insane titles that take up half the cover. I think I think it's a great mechanism. I we have lots of traffic outside, yeah. so every now and then we'll, we'll pause. If you want to hear it, we we do yeah. usually. I, um. I loved. I just feel bad the listener couldn't watch you both turn in unison. <laughs> I thought it was really beautiful. Uh, there's sometimes it depends all times that they are weird to record literally when you when you're recording on a, on a major, major avenue, on major avenue. <laughs> but um mm -hmm. there when you hit like 630 is a good time which we're audience we're recording at 630 but sometimes we'll be doing it like at peak rush hour mm -hmm. and like the trucks yeah. It's just terrible. Well, that's a lot of talk about transportation on the New York Mystery. <laughs> Get ready. Christina, where are we today? What's happening? We are we are all over New York today. All over just New York. All over New York. The you, state of New well, York. We've the whole utilize state. that transportation, I guess. Yes. See, this was all relevant, everyone. Um, it's all part of it. It's all part of the experience. Um so we're we're if you've been paying attention to the title, I guess you know that this is about Bigfoot. Um but uh to, to, to warm us up on, on this this cryptid, um, I'd love to find out where everyone stands on our very not patented Mulder to Scully scale. So if you're not familiar, the Mulder to Scully scale starts with Mulder completely believing in absolutely Bigfoot to um, down a notch as Reyes believes mostly. Down a notch is Doggett. Um, probably doesn't believe in it, but if he sees it, he'll be like, yeah, okay, that's probably Bigfoot. And then Scully. Where where do y'all where do y'all fall? I I would love. I feel I feel like Mulder on Bigfoot because I want to believe. Mm. <laughs> I, I want, but but I really, especially doing doing research for uh, for our half of this uh, this little collaboration too. Wait, are you telling um, me that there's this is a there's a, a two part <gasps> episode? Yes. Speaking of spoilers, so funny you asked Adam and and. Uh, Yes, what a great time to to get this in, shoehorn this in here. Um, yeah, <laughs> listener, you can join us uh, this week on Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie for the other half of this uh, discussion. We're going to talk about some New England Bigfoots. Um, now, as you guys know, and as I'm sure we'll get into, um, Bigfoot, much more popular on the West, the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest of it all. Um, but I am 
I guess I'm always a little disappointed. I'm hoping you're going to to change your mind me on the this? right way here, Christina. Yeah. Okay. Well, where do you think you stand right now? Are you full Scully? Yeah, we can do a check in at the end. See if you've changed. I, guess, I think I'm full. I think I'm full Scully. I think there's really, even compared to other cryptids of note, even compared to a Nessie. Um, mm. I think I think there's very little reason to believe there's actually Bigfoots out there. But I but I really want to. I think Bigfoot's the coolest. I think mm -hmm. he's the best. And I would like for him to be out there eating pizzas or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> whatever Bigfoot's they do. That's the, that's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> I think I'm probably I'm probably between a doggett and a rays. I I feel Same. like hmm, it, there is that fact of like, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it just be fun if there was just some guy, just some big yeah. old guy in the woods? like that um but he seems like he would like cooking hot dogs over a fire like... yeah he seems like fun <laughs> you know uh there's certain things that i'm i'm more certain in my belief in like that you know certain aspects of the paranormal or mm -hmm. you know it's hard for me to believe that there's never been any extraterrestrial anything around yeah uh, just scientifically um but bigfoot is tough i feel like I would definitely believe it if I saw it, so mm -hmm. I'm there. But you know, and I think scientifically, again, there's also so much we don't know about. Sorry, our, our dog. Um, there's so much we don't hey, know about. Just this yeah. world of ours, and I, I think it's it could be that there are some there's some weirdness out there in places that we we don't really go. I think that's more likely to be in the water. Mm. because mm -hmm. we've explored much more of the wilderness than the water or deep water um but yeah i think i'm i would definitely believe it if i saw it and it could be real could be yeah. real but i don't know i'm i'm between a dog and an areas as well adam yeah i i'd probably i want to believe more than i do i'm probably landing in the middle as well okay. dog and reyes at first i was like oh reyes but i'm like ah. Oh. I don't know. For me, I always go back to every time we do a cryptid episode. I'm like, I don't know. They're like, like you guys said, there's so many things that we don't know that things have evolved. And honestly, I just like want to like come upon Bigfoot in the woods, and he's like Harry and the Hendersons. He's really <laughs> chill. He just like wants to just have a home and like be friends, but he can't because that's not the world he belongs to. Yeah, shout out to Harry Anderson. <laughs> shout out to our friend Harry. Most of the sightings, you know, that I've come across, he he seems to be at worst a little bit like leave me alone. Like yeah. I, I want, I'd rather be left to my he's own devices. Libertarian, please. you know, Bigfoot. <laughs> I would say he's a libertarian. He's, he's very much about this that. Is life. This is important because he's a my, Ron Paul voter. My, I think he would. I my big my big question actually coming into this was going to be where does where does Bigfoot yeah. stand in the political like landscape right. of the world? So this is important. Stuff. I don't this think is, this full is... Ted Kaczynski, right? But I think I think he's a libertarian. I think he's a bit of a Ron Swanson. He's a prepper. Be a okay, good, yeah, he's a prepper, no for question. sure a prepper. For I do prepper. I do love to believe like you'll come upon Bigfoot in the woods. He's like, son, you want to go away from here? Like very yeah. Ron Swanson yeah. style. Yeah, he gives like, you he gives you a warning. He, yeah. he gives you that option to get out of there. But if you stay, you know, that's, that's, on, that's you. on you. Yeah. Don't you feel he's a little bit Lorax, though? A little bit Green Party? Well, of course. <laughs> that's true. The libertarians aren't going in for, you know, protecting the environment. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's the rare environmentally obsessed libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Get off my land, which is also all of our land. Which is all of our land. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for indulging me there, folks. Um, so uh, just to or I, you were getting at this a little bit earlier, um, Sean, that, you know, the Bigfoot and and his cousins, you know, the Yeti or the Abominable Snowman, they're sort of in the same general vein of giant, you know, primate humanoidish. Um, Skunk uh, ape, Sasquatch. Yeah, exactly. Um and so it's it's worth noting that it's only really been in the last few. It's worth noting. <laughs> only been... I'm not sure if you guys know, but every time Christina says it's worth noting, we need to like shout it because she says it all the time. I'd say it too much. Um, it's, it's, so get ready. It's participatory. It. It's rooted in. Are you guys familiar with Time at Your Mother? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's rooted in the but I'm but I'm. 
Yeah. Every time Christina says it's worth noting, we scream, It's worth noting! So it. <laughs> um, so it's only really within the last few decades that that these creatures are getting the sort of notoriety and fame that that they currently have, and they deserve, and that they deserve, that they rightly For deserve. Sure. Um, and it was at first thought that Bigfoot was really only a California Pacific Northwest <laughs> thing um, until uh, much more recently, but but the research shows that he's he's always been around these parts as well. Um, and in fact, uh, a Joint Travel Channel Bigfoot. <laughs> A Joint Travel Channel and Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization survey, um, right. as one has, <laughs> indicated <laughs> oh. that New York is the fifth most frequently Bigfoot spotting location in the U.S., just behind Washington, California, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. And this is so. for the BFRO, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, Janet Board is a Bigfoot researcher who wrote um, a 1982 book, The Bigfoot Casebook, um, uh, which was updated in 2004. And according to Janet Board, one of the earliest sightings, and the one with which she begins her book, occurred in New York State in Sackett's Harbor. So Sackett's Harbor is way north New York. I had to look it up. Way upstate on Lake Ontario, about five and a half hours from New York City and an hour from Oswego. Um, and two hours from the Canadian border. So here is what appeared in the Exeter Watchman on September 22nd, 1818. Who wants to, who wants to read? Oh, boy. Oh, I, I, I always, I was never a teacher's pet, but I was always the first one who wanted to read in class. All right. Oh, also, this is the moment to say that uh, you're going to want your pencil and paper out. Because, oh, we got that. Excellent. Because as, as we go through these uh, descriptions, I'd like you to, draw what you believe the best amalgamation of Bigfoot is. This is the greatest podcast I've ever been on. This is, this is <laughs> I tell you, the best podcast are the ones where you there's visuals that the audience can never see. Oh, I didn't see. know there would be arts and crafts projects. This is so exciting. It's, a, it's an innovation I haven't... Uh... <laughs> All right, I'm ready when you guys are. Okay. Take it away. <clears throat> Sackett's Harbor, New York, September 6th. Another wonder. Report says that in the vicinity of Ellsberg was seen on the 30th Yolt. Hmm? So August 30th. Yep. I, 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 <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the hell that was. I think it's alt for like ultimate. So like of the last month. Because okay. it's September and I think it was 30th. Ult, ult. Sure. And, yeah. So And so the footnote says so August 30th. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm so thinking. So it was on the last day, maybe the last day of, of uh, or almost the 30th yes. day of the last month is what they were doing. Right. Yeah. I see. Old. Um, well, in any case, the, in the vicinity <laughs> of Ellsberg was seen on the 30th of August by a gentleman of unquestionable veracity, an animal resembling the wild man of the woods. It is stated that he came from the woods within a few rods of this gentleman that he stood and looked at him and then took his flight in a direction which gave a perfect view of him for some time. He is described as bending forward when running, hairy and the heel of the foot narrow, spreading at the toes. Hundreds of persons have been in pursuit for several days, but nothing further is, it's just like a marathon running down yeah. the road. <laughs> <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> Hundreds of persons have been in pursuit for several days, but nothing further is heard or seen of him. The frequent and positive manner in which this story comes induces us to believe it. We wish not to impeach the veracity of this highly favored gentleman. I love it. Yet it is proper that such naturally improbable accounts should be established by the mouth of at least two direct eyewitnesses to entitle them to credit. Thank you very much. Um, so it, it's, it, I think what's interesting and worth noting in that is- It's worth noting! Two in an episode, Christina. <laughs> like right next to each other, too. My word. <laughs> um, the author writes, an animal resembling the wild man of the woods. And that phraseology sort of suggests that, you know, this is a type or trope already really well known to the readers. Like they're not, you know, they don't have to explain All it. Caps, it's like wild man. For yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> Um, and in fact, the, the wild man is an archetype the world over. Um, so the Smithsonian Magazine writes, quote, the wild man legend is old and spans many cultures. Usually the story involves some large hairy figure, like a man, but different, harassing a town, <laughs> stealing food, 
food stealing food i can't speak stealing food <laughs> or livestock and drinking from the town's water supply and eventually the villagers uh, swap the water for fermented milk or other alcoholic soporific the wild man falls asleep allowing the villagers to kill or capture him that's generally how this goes <laughs> my word which is truly incredible um so there's another book that I relied pretty heavily on um, by a Robert E. Bartholomew and Paul B. Bartholomew. And the book is Encounters in New York and New England, Documented Evidence, Stranger Than Fiction. Um, and it's fairly comprehensive for the New York side of things. They mentioned that 1818 sighting. Um, and then again, in 1838, there's a youth uh, reported um a, a youth that reported a, a being covered in black hair on the Pennsylvania New York border near the town of Silver Lake, Pennsylvania. Um, now, I'm not going to worry too heavily about the borders there. I know we're a New York podcast, but I figure oh, cryptids God. generally don't pay attention to political borders. Um, so, you know, it's literally on the border. He crosses over to New York as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Carrie, would you like to read? Would you like to read this one? Yep. Do you want me to do it again? Yeah, do you mind Absolutely. doing it? Absolutely. Because I have no coordination. Boom. Boom. Gosh, no I'm much. so glad that you teed, teed up my greater political point, though. We need to get these skunk apes to respect the borders <laughs> and boundaries. <laughs> Built if elected. New York wall. If elected. <laughs> if elected. According to a lot of romance novels I see on Amazon, they don't want Bigfoot to respect boundaries, but that's another hey. story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so so do we know when this is from yeah this is from 1838 and it appeared in the dorchester aurora i don't have a more specific date at present okay the boy was sent to work in the backwoods near the new york state line he took with him a gun and was told by his father to shoot anything he might see except persons or cattle after working for a while he heard some person a little brother he supposed come toward him whistling quite merrily it came within a few rods, again, uh, from him and stopped. He said it looked like a human being covered with black hair about the size of his brother who was six or seven years old. This also might be a cousin of mine. Um, <laughs> his, his gun was some little distance off and he was very much frightened. He, however, got his gun and shot at the animal but trembled so that he could not hold it still. The strange animal, just as his gun went off, stopped behind a tree and then ran off, ran off whistling as before. The father said the boy came home very much frightened and that a number of times during the afternoon when thinking about the animal he had seen he he would um, when thinking about the animal he had seen he would to use the man's words burst out crying. Oh. <laughs> Making due allowance for frights and consequent exaggeration, an animal has doubtless been seen. What it is, or whence it came, is, of course, yet a mystery. And you know they were um, paying by the word back then because, yeah. ooh, they take, take advantage of that. I think my other favorite is also that he was told to shoot anything he sees except, I guess, people and cattle. I love the fact, yeah. I, we, I mean... What I, what I got from that is this creature whistles. And yes, and the creature Quite whistles. exquisitely. Merrily, in fact. <laughs> and then after I seeing hope this. shoots me today. <laughs> and then he like goes off whistling too, which I love. It's not even. We're going good. <laughs> He's out of here. Um, so in 1868, there was another sighting near Saratoga Springs, complete with locals in hot pursuit and trying to capture the creature to no avail. 1869, Woodhill and Troopsville in Steuben County, which is southwest New York, were visited by another such creature uh, over the course of about a month. So from mid-June through mid-July, 100 residents, possibly more, spotted this creature all around the area, in the woods, in the fields, along the road, you name it. Um, and at one point, the being even tapped on the windows of the schoolhouse freaking the kids the fuck out um uh -huh. and resulting in several parents keeping the kids out of school for a little while can you imagine you're sitting in school <laughs> the teacher's like and of course six plus two is eight and all of a sudden it's like oh what's that fuck? what's that what's that thing whistling outside the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um, so in 1870s, 
So apparently 200 men try to find the quote-unquote wild man. All um, these crowds of people <laughs> running down the road. That's I the love it. Thing. Find the beast. That's exactly what it is. Kill That's the exactly beast. what it is. Kill the beast. <laughs> Crazy old Maurice. If we I was rights, a beast, that's I would definitely just hang out and wait for them to find me, for sure. <laughs> uh, so apparently they did get within 40 yards of it this time, uh, at which point it uttered an, uh, quote, unearthly shriek. Uh, oh. When one tried to fire at him, he couldn't bring himself to do it, however, because of how human the being looked. Oh. Quote, I drew my rifle intending to halt him or send a bullet crashing through his skull. He sprang with the, uh, with the agility of a deer toward the woods. I did not fire because on second thought, I doubted my right to take the life of any human being, however wild, until he had at least violated some law. He also described the being thusly. Describe him thusly. Long matted hair, thick black uncombed beard, the wild glaring bloodshot eyeballs which seemed bursting from their sockets. The swage? Is that a word? Well, we're going with it. That's what I wrote down. Uh... (laughs) haggard unearthly countenance the wild beastly appearance of this thing whether man or animal has haunted me continually day and night um and at least one report said that this creature was wearing pants um so perhaps the bigfoot does wear trousers the The bailey school kids yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry he's just a hairy janitor we figured it out yeah, that's that. That's my favorite. The the detail of the trousers, um, and so some say that would make him a vagrant and not, you know, a Bigfoot. Um, I think that you know it means someone lost their trousers and Bigfoot took them. Um, but it's also it's also important that there was only one such report of him wearing trousers, um, and mm. we're not we're not told that they were like plaid or something. For all we know, it's just like the hair on his leg. But the Bigfoot wears plaid trousers would be the exact Bailey School Kids title. <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, but I, I, something you said there made me think that the line between a Bigfoot and a vagrant is pants. <laughs> Which is very funny. Like, as you're going down the list of criteria, like, no, yes. well, he's wearing pants, though. I think this oh, is just a, a housing-challenged individual. Oh. <laughs> um. A month later after this, right? So the kids are freaked out. The parents are freaked out. They try to hunt this thing. It screams. Someone tries to shoot him and says, no, he's wearing pants. I can't do it. He's wearing pants. Don't shoot him. <laughs> Don't shoot pants. A month later. He the- figured it out. He figured out the code. He's like, hold on. Apparently, if I, I wear, wear pants, pants <laughs> these fucks this won't shoot all good. Me. That's something, Sean. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's not. So that that's our first from. artist rendering of the of the pop. Yeah. That's not too far yeah. from. That's it's not too far from mine, which is very. These oh, are. I love it. I think that's excellent Rob big feet. Zombie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a month after this, there was another rash of sightings that occurred near uh, Suckerbrook, a small community a mile to the south of Canada. Then. Berry picking season of 1883, so August to November of that year. Uh, there were some more sightings um, that s- stretched um, across New York to just northwest of Binghamton. And apparently it was such that families in the area who depended upon berry picking were so frightened that they stopped picking berries for a good chunk of the season, thus dooming them to, I guess, food insecurity. Um, the wild Damn. man... Was uh, described as follows Low in stature, covered with hair And running while bent close to the ground The creature again reportedly Admitted high shrieks And could be heard for days at a stretch So you have to imagine this town just Days of this high shriek Echoing throughout Um, He's he's always described as like Bent halfway at the waist as he's running Yes Yeah. So like, Isn't that just how children run Since Naruto came out? (laughs) <laughs> they just do that arms behind. <laughs> They're all secretly becoming Bigfoot as a result. July 26, 1895, Peter Thomas of Margaretville, about an hour's drive from Kingston, was taking his horses along a remote area when a, quote, wild-eyed man or ape, unquote, sprang in front of him. The being reported as seven feet high, of human shape and covered with hair, apparently broke the neck of one of the horses and then oh. dragged it off into the brush. And a nearby farmer, a certain John Cook, said that he shot a, quote, ferocious ape-like being the following day, at 
which point the being threw him, John Cook, to the ground. <laughs> Good. After he shot it? <laughs> yeah. Damn. So he shoots him. The, the, the creature takes it and then says, and throws John Cook to the ground. Like, don't you do this that again. This is a much scarier Bigfoot. This Bigfoot's not whistling. He's not not whistling. He's no. so angry. He started out very chill with all of this, and now is like, no, you keep shooting at me. You keep chasing me. You try to get my plaid trousers. It's like it's like the Adam West version of Batman versus like the Christian Bale version of Batman. Like very two different Batmans. <laughs> this guy's opening move was breaking a horse's neck, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> very different. Batman. Walks walks up to this this horse drawn carriage and like, nope, my horse. <laughs> Because or my carriage, because he kills the horse. He kills the horse, but he drags the horse off into the woods. For what reason? Well, uh, it seems that the remains of the horse were found nearby, along with some splintered bones of sheep and cows. I don't know if that means that he tried to eat the horse, or whether he was just mad at the horse, and also at the sheep and cows. TBD. I'm so angry. It feels like a pantry. It feels like a, <laughs> like a sort of a pantry situation. Yeah, we just walked into his kitchen. <laughs> um, now, we've been mostly upstate. Right. This has all been like real close to Canada. Um, But there is uh, if we jump back in time from where we left off ever so slightly, uh, there is one that hits a little too close to uh, home for me personally. Uh, So Uh Rockaway, Queens. That's close. That's real close. November 1885, John C. Ennis of Far Rockaway said he saw a figure on the beach. He approached and the creature, uh, quote, gave a piercing shriek and plunged into the surf, disappearing from sight. The shriek was apparently loud enough for a team of horses who heard it um, to get really freaked out um, and like just start running at breakneck pace. So here's how the Democrat and Chronicle reports it on December 3rd of that year. Adam, take it away. Here I go. The report was started Saturday that a wild man was disporting himself on Rockaway had received some confirmation from the statement of John C. Ennis of Far Rockaway, who arrived here last night in the state of great terror. Ennis said that when near Atlantic Park, about six o'clock, he came suddenly upon a half-naked man who was dancing on the sand around some object which could not be distinguished in the dark. At this appearance, the man gave a piercing shriek and plunged into the surf, disappearing from sight. The shriek frightened the horses, who ran away and could not be stopped until Edrit's Grove was reached. When the story was told by Ennis spread throughout the little colony at the beach, it caused great excitement, and women and children did not dare leave their homes. This morning, a number of men started out to make a thorough search for the supposed wild man. Yeah. Um, I love the vision. This is more like our original Bigfoot. This is a dancing on the sand kind of Bigfoot. <laughs> As opposed to a, a break in the horse's neck he kind of big just, foot. Yeah, just like kind of an eccentric guy, maybe a mm-hmm. little hairy. Yeah. Like a Harvey Firestein. <laughs> he, I mean, he reminds you he, like... he was like, he, he reminds you of me in college. I was like, <laughs> a little hairier, pretty just queer. Dance on the sand. Dance on the sand. <laughs> and then did you let out a shriek and jump into the surf? Always. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so reports of similar shrieking wild men continued throughout the 1890s and early 1900s, including another one in Rockaway and elsewhere on Long Island, which is very upsetting to me. There was even one in the Bronx. Why is it upsetting to you? These big feet are not doing anything. It's big feet, right? That's the plural. Big I, I know. I don't know if it's Bigfoot, like deer and deer. Oh, big or if foot? it's Bigfoot, big feet. Big feet. Or if it's Bigfoot, Bigfoots. We can have a. We can. We can. We can decide. That's a good, this. That's a good poll. I think that yes, we'll, we will let them listen all decide. Big feet or big foots. I love the singular as plural for this. I love, you know, talking in generalities about the noble Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but all these Bigfoot seem to be quite peaceful, the ones closer to us. Yeah, as far as I can tell, yeah. Um, It's really just... They're they're socialized, right? They live close to more people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Apparently, the the one that was in the Bronx occurred in uh, July 1906 with a creature that was reported as a lean, ferocious looking human covered with more hair than the law permits, unquote. The law permitted hair? Wait a second. (laughs) Go back. There was a law about hair growth? I probably should get a look at these these penal codes just to make sure I'm not on the wrong side after the pandemic and everything. (laughs) Um, It also had eyes that glowed in the dark. And in February 1909, a creature with eyes aflame and a blood-curling shriek was uh, reported in Eastport, West Hampton, Patchog, and Quogue, um, all places along the southern shore of Long Island. That's near where we go in Jamesport. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there you go. 
the flaming eyes and, and the screech were really going outside of established Bigfoot canon. The at North this point. Fork gets the real metal Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Mothman. They're, they're a Mothman. <laughs> yeah, me. it is kind that of Mothman. This is like this is like <laughs> this Bigfoot's on substances. This situation. <laughs> his eyes are put on bath salts. <laughs> his eyes are flaming. He's <laughs> just like, what have we done to him? <laughs> Well, it's out near all the vineyards, so he's probably just he's, having a lot there of you fermented go. grapes. Wasted. Explains the, the dancing on the beach. He's drunk. He's just drunk. drunk. You, you guys know we have a shirt that says, uh, we sell a shirt that says, Stop Fat Shaming Bigfoot. I, I, I This is more putting judgments on Bigfoot's lifestyle choices. That yeah. I'm not really <laughs> he's got to get through the, the day, you know? Right, right. You know? Oh, it's hard being Bigfoot, uh, especially with all those hundreds and hundreds of people chasing you. Um mm-hmm. Singing Disney songs about killing beasts. <laughs> they're they're all wearing numbers. Like it it is just a marathon that accidentally started chasing Bigfoot. That's how I run any marathon. <laughs> um. So again, there was a there were there was a report in 1931, um, uh, near Huntington, Long Island, that there was a wandering gorilla. But when contacted, the local zoo says we're not missing any gorillas. Try again. Um. And there was uh. There was a hunting party, but they did not encounter the creature, though they did find, according to the Bartholomew's book, quote, strange human-like tracks that seemed to be of an animal walking on two legs. Their size was about that of an adult hand, though the big toe was set further back than on a human. And the sightings sort of ceased for a bit during uh, World War II and the early days of the Cold War. Apparently people had other things to worry about than screaming Bigfoot and and dancing on the beach um yeah, like how that, to cook with spam yeah <laughs> and bigfoot knew to like stay clear because like it's america he would have been drafted in a second I mean, that's like, a great point been like, can you imagine hey can you have a gun harry dude dancing by the fire cool come hey. on we saw you break that yeah, horse's neck <laughs> put him in a uniform um this has to be the plot of a bunch of excellent movies already but uh wouldn't you want to clone bigfoot make an army of bigfoots wouldn't that be yes. the conclusion one hundred percent. Somehow you said movie, and I just want to—I just want to make a plug for one of the best worst Christmas movies I've ever seen, which is—I have to look it up, but it is about Bigfoot, and it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's about a little town who. Anyway, I'm not just—I'm not doing it justice. Well, You're shut up. It's—it's it's horrible. Does Bigfoot meet Santa Claus? Right? I wish no, but there are. F- it there's a there's a subplot with furries. It's a whole thing. Um, oh, he would have a lot of fans there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so this brings us to some more contemporary sightings, but we're going to do that after the break. Oh, boy. Adam thought I forgot about a break. I could tell. <laughs> I did think you forgot about a break. <laughs> I pulled up your script. I was like, like 10 times, she... like, where is she breaking? Where's the break? Anywho, you guys know. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. And we're back. We're back. Oh, boy. We've got some, some Bigfoot. Um, Bigfoot. Some Bigfoot or a foot. Oh. I'm sorry. Um, no, I and think it's good. I think it's good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See, someone appreciates me. Just four of us. One of us had to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we've covered from about 1818 to World War II, and we're going to pick up now with the 1960s, especially in the northern part of New York around Whitehall, which is a community not far from Lake George, just to the south of Lake Champlain, and situated on the New York-Vermont border Um as well as Watertown, uh, which is a community not far from Sackett's Harbor, where we began in 1818. If this moment of the episode doesn't end with you saying that Champy and Bigfoot are friends, 
there is no champion to the <gasps> there is no justice in the world i would love that so damn much i love i'd love, I'd love to see friends. a visual i love to see a visual of that yes yes if anyone wants to do some fan art of i'd love to see champion and bigfoot incredible best friends i'd make that into a t-shirt Bigfoot loves dancing on the sand so i mean you know and it's the and it's the 60s it's free love we don't care like that we're two different like doing some substances (laughs) there's two different species (laughs) does it matter doesn't matter this is amazing is this where the shape of water came from (laughs) (laughs) so there's this series of sightings in the 60s and 70s and then a bunch in december 1974 into january 1975 especially around watertown so two boys, ages 11 and 12, were walking up a little hill in a church parking lot when they heard a loud sound, something described as a roar. When they looked, they said that there was a six-foot-tall creature, arms overhead. They ran immediately and informed the police, who were, I guess so, yeah, sort of, <laughs> yeah. yep. <laughs> exactly arm. like that. <laughs> is it the wacky arm? Yeah. He is, yeah, he's, he's selling uh, used cars. Yeah. <laughs> They they told the police, um, who were able to find nothing. And then in January, three people saw a five foot creature, so a little shorter, uh, walking foot. and swinging its arms. Say, like like oh. pretty bully for him to call himself Bigfoot. <laughs> um, and again, near the same this 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 second creature was near the same church the boys were near. Um, and a nurse who was passing by at the time also confirmed that it was almost six feet tall. Um, and she saw it on January 21st, 1975. She said that the being had long hair and arms that hung slightly in front of the rest of the body. And this time there was some material evidence left behind. There were footprints, uh, 10 inches with four, not five, toes. Hmm. Four toes. Four toes. Then closer to Whitehall in May 1975, a dairy farmer cum golf course owner saw a sloth-like thing sometime after 1130 p.m. one night. Again, the creature was described as very tall, very wide, and vaguely terrifying. Here's an excerpt from the Bartholomew's book. Quote, The hair on the back of my neck stood right up because these golf carts don't go very fast, he said. Yet Sparks also made it curious <laughs> Sparks also made a curious observation. Despite its size and obvious strength, it seems more startled of him than he was of it. Sparks said that whatever the creature was, it wasn't graceful. Quote, it lumbered and walked with a very clumsy gait. The creature had a different knee and leg action than a man. I don't know how, just different. The head was cone-shaped and it didn't seem to have much of a neck. The shoulders were not broad. He said it was no more than 35 feet away, then ran off, crashing through a nearby wooded area in an awkward manner. It doesn't sound very much like a sloth. The, the word right. sloth-like was in there, but it was the only sloth-like quality. It's really... just that it was covered in hair and had long arms or something. I don't know. I guess. And it ran. And it, but, right, exactly. An, anti, not, not a sloth. I hope it ran with his arms over his head oh, like that. Oh, no! <laughs> the poor listener can't, can't see. see can't the, uh, yeah, there's a lot of gold. You can't appreciate it. Or the artwork that we're doing. Of, oh, or the artwork. Although, if, send us the picture of the artwork so that we can. Oh, uh, that's look. good. You know, you know, medieval um, art where yes. they, they paint cats, but it's like they've never seen a cat. Yep. They just have a human face. Seen <laughs> Bigfoot, you know, like uh, rendered. Uh, there you go. Or, or pictures, and this is. A Muppet? Truly horrifying. Yeah, this does look like a Muppet. It looks like a jacked up, like, Mickey Mouse that lost his ears <laughs> in the war. He has, like, an afro, I think. I don't know. Uh, but oh, yeah. is. is he wearing one of those World War One masks? Like, steel <laughs> to cover his horrible injuries? Yeah, it's been tough out here for a Bigfoot. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right, great bit of visual humor. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> we can, we can, we we're recording this. So we we can show the clip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go. We, yeah, absolutely. Um, so cut to August 1976 in Whitehall for what the Bartholomew's book describes as the best documented and most spectacular series of sightings in the region. A bunch of teenagers, Martin Paddock, Paul Gosselin, and Bart Kinney, told the police that they encountered a creature somewhere between seven to eight feet tall, covered in brown hair, off of one of the rural roads. And here's what happened. Paul and Martin were in a pickup truck when they saw a large human figure standing on the side of the road. They parked the car and watched and then heard a noise that resembled something like a woman screaming and a pig squealing. 
somewhere between those two things. At which point, about 70 feet away, they saw a large ape-like creature covered in hair. So they've seen two figures at this point. They saw one large humanoid thing. They were like, huh, let's sit here and watch this large humanoid on the side of the road. And then they heard a squealing, screaming sound. And 70 feet away, they saw another figure that is this ape-like one. Martin Paddock hit the gas to get the hell out of there. Good on him. They told the police who thought this was patently ridiculous. So the teens picked up their friend Bart and went back to the same spot. And sure enough, there was the creature again. Again, seven or eight feet tall, muscular, stocky, covered with hair, large reddish eyes, walking slowly with stooped shoulders. Now, Paul had a brother, Brian, who was a Whitehall police officer. While off duty the following night, Brian went to the same spot along with a New York State trooper just to see what they could see. And there again, along the same road, they saw a pair of red eyes reflecting in the night. The trooper put his headlights on and the creature began to bound into the brush line, but not before Brian got a sense that it was, as his brother said, a seven or eight foot tall creature, maybe weighing about 400 pounds. Apparently, Brian got out of the car and was going to shoot the creature, but decided against it at the last minute. Why? The creature. Wait, wait. Why do you jump right to probably should shoot it? And that's why Bigfoot <laughs> just shouldn't come out because we're too cute chaotic as a species it's that's true why you don't shoot bigfoot <laughs> it's like it's like, good. like that shoot first mentality is like chew right i mean gun control all around apparently uh, yes like, for bigfoot's sake <laughs> what no is one that? else is. should i shoot it i'll shoot it there's I'll something moving it. there i can't really see what it is it. but here we go i don't know yeah. why everyone jumps right to stand your ground with a bigfoot it's, <laughs> it's bizarre <laughs> Nor was this the only uh, police officer who encountered the creature. There was also a Wilfred Goslin. Apparently everyone in this town is named Goslin, by the way. The, the, and um, this Wilfred Goslin heard shrieks of the creature that fall. And a few days after, um, a local from nearby Granville ran into the station and said he had shot Bigfoot. So this guy pulled the trigger. And when they went to the area, they found shells, but no sign of the creature itself. Um. There were also some like notable sightings around the time that were absolutely debunked by some experts at the American Museum of Natural History as well as the Smithsonian. Um, but in 1989, there was a sighting in broad daylight. A 16-year-old boy walking a, his dog encountered a scruffy and matted creature. And then both parties fled in, the op- in opposite directions. Um, and a few days later, the team was back with friends to camp in the area. And then uh, they they see again at about 2 a.m. glowing red eyes looking at them from about six feet above the ground. So he's like in a tree or something. And then the next day, two footprints were found nearby, 10 inches long, four inches wide, um, with 56 inches between the prints. Um, sightings continued, 1990s to the 21st century. In 2000, there were some 10 campers from a girls' camp uh, hiking along the Adirondacks near... Lion Falls, when 100 yards away, a creature was spotted. Of the experience, one said, We came into a swamp-like area and heard some twigs snap and smelled this awful smell and saw something moving in the trees ahead. The creature was dark, hairy, gorilla-like, and it was walking on two legs. One of the girls screamed, at which point the creature looked right at them, and the girls went running. Uh, in June 2004, two tourists from Hong Kong were fishing not far from Whitehall, near the town of Clemens, when they saw a large primate-esque creature moving through the water. They said it resembled a monkey or maybe even an orangutan, and they thought it was just part of the local fauna, didn't question it too hard. Um, and so when they mentioned it to a local, the local was the one who was like, oh, that doesn't exist around here. Absol- what? Um, at which point they said, maybe it's Bigfoot. Sorry, did you mean a squirrel or something? And they're like, no, it was an ape man. Yeah, assumed that orangutans were like in hanging out. Yeah, just like yeah, probably probably a local weird creature. Um, I mean, at home, did you say they're from Singapore? uh, Hong Kong. At home, they're they might be more likely to see a monkey than a, a a squirrel, right? It's true. Where are squirrels? What is what is the uh geography of the squirrel? I feel like, I feel like squ- I feel like squirrels are American, but I don't know. I don't know. Feels... Do they have squirrels in the UK? The last one that you saw just shouted, "These colors don't run." <laughs> yeah, they've been getting Too nuts, and they've been getting cheese. more and more problematic, honestly. But um, but we still love them. <laughs> um, so those are the major sightings, and then there's some just some fun sciency things. So um, there's a Smithsonian article that I think I mentioned earlier. Um, in which a study by a psychologist in 1978 reported that most scientists surveyed, and by this we mean 
mainstream scientists, uh, quote unquote is what they put in there, uh, indicated that they were more willing to entertain the idea of Nessie than they were Bigfoot. But more than half felt that the discovery of Bigfoot, if proven, would have an enormous impact on science. But only 3% felt that that would be true of Nessie. Um, perhaps because it wouldn't just be the discovery of another animal species, but, you know, something between an us and wilderness, not us. Like, yeah, like exactly. Um, Jane Goodall herself, in an interview with the Huffington Post, said, I'm not going to flat out deny its existence. I'm fascinated. would actually love them to exist. Of course, it's strange that there has never been a single authentic hide or hair of the Bigfoot, but I've read all the accounts. Just love Jane Goodall even more. She's a big fan. Big fan. Um, The Bartholomew's book also spends quite a lot of time going over other evidence and and group the theories in these three major categories. So there are flesh and blood theories, social explanations, and the paranormal. So the most popular explanation they say is the flesh and blood idea, right? That this is basically a creature that hasn't been discovered yet. Um, and they, they sort of make a list of like all the creatures that are large mammals on land that um, people thought didn't exist until pretty late. So they give the example mm-hmm. that gorillas were initially dismissed by Europeans until a body was brought back in the mid-1800s. The Okapi of the Congo... Oh, that seems late. Right? Yeah. The Okapi yeah. of the Congo was only spotted by Europeans in 1901 and wasn't captured for another 20 years. The Komodo dragon, Congo peacock, pygmy hippopotamus, and the uh, celiacanth, which is that fancy fish we talk about in all the, uh, the, the Nessie-ish episodes, those were all discovered between 1900 and 1940. And the megamouth shark was discovered in 1976... And in 1990, the black-faced lion tamarin was found. Um, and they had all been, you know, avoiding being spotted until those dates, even though all but 3% of the actual habitat was lost to human development and urbanization. So they're saying that, you know, maybe it's not so crazy. On the paranormal front, some of the most interesting theories is that Bigfoot sightings are linked in some way to other realms of existence, right? So psychic projections, or my favorite, that somehow linked to aliens. Yes, aliens. So we need to get there. We actually talked about this in a previous episode. So Pine Bush, which is like UFO Central for New York. Oh yeah, um, I've been there. They there's uh, one researcher who uh, was documenting like all of these sightings in Pine Bush and wrote about how Bigfoot is associated with aliens. That they sort of um, when there's an alien sighting, there's some sort of out of place creature sighting and or a Bigfoot sighting. I have um, I... heard that. Have yeah, you? And, yeah, and for the Bridgewater Triangle, which is uh, more of a New England thing, and I'm, we might touch on it in our episode, uh, it's all lumped together. You know, it's mm-hmm. an area where a lot of UFOs are seen and a lot of Bigfoot and a lot of like just general high strangeness and everything. So yeah. usually if you see one, you, you tend to see more varieties of other interesting okay yeah that seems to be what they're talking about here that it's sort of yeah is linked connected um and uh i thought i would i would i would end this this section with um some some words from the preface of of the book by the bartholomew i don't know if they're brothers or cousins or married i have no idea the bartholomews perhaps who knows that that would also be an option the bartholomew Exactly. Um, So the preface of their book was written by Christine Marie Janis, a professor of ecology and evolutionary biology at Brown University. And she writes, as the authors discuss many of the large mammals that were discovered in the late 19th century, such as the gorilla and the okapi, were known first from eyewitness accounts, which were initially disbelieved. So why are skeptics today so quick to dismiss sightings of Bigfoot as providing any evidence whatsoever? I also think that most people are unaware of how elusive big animals can be in the wild. Even in the open plains of the Serengeti, very few tourists get to see the rarer mammals such as cheetah and wild dogs. Most types of evidence are subject to human interpretation, although I admit that a Bigfoot corpse would be fairly unambiguous. I am happy to dwell in the shadowlands of thinking that there is a lot of good evidence for the existence of Bigfoot in terms of the plethora of eyewitness accounts. But I don't feel that I have to stake my claim on either side of the believe in it or not fence, which is a stance that many scientists seem to feel that they must take as card-carrying members of their profession. I'm not sure why so many scientists paint themselves into this type of corner. A testable hypothesis of any type contains many maybes. 
And that's that's an overview of Bigfoot in New York. Did I change anyone's mind? Has anyone moved from a dogget or a scully to a molder or a lone gunman? You actually are like, which I think the lone gunman sort of is its own own oh, crazy its own brand theory yeah. its own brand like it's definitely <laughs> bigfoot but like what is bigfoot this may surprise you i started this uh, show as a as a, a certainly a scully and i think now i might be bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that's a change i mean you are wearing pants it's... i'm wearing trousers undeniably okay <laughs> incredible oh, we did yeah, it yeah i don't know so, big news it could it could be out there. Who knows? Maybe the next time you go to the beach, you'll see Bigfoot just kind of gently swaying. Maybe There's a little Margaritaville s- playing in the background. <laughs> That's the dream. There's really. something so Twin Peaksy to me about the idea of Bigfoot just swaying on a beach. Yeah, like yes. it feels it feels very David Lynch. I'm just yes, it's very right unsettling. Now. Yes, he puts his hands behind his behind the back of his head and he takes off his sunglasses and he looks directly into camera and goes, "I could get used to this." My <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> And then he runs away with his arms arms flailing. Yeah, (laughs) incredible. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in the world of like the same. Who knows? Yeah, I wished I wanted to exist. I wanted to be wearing pants and whistling. Mm -hmm. Um, I want his whistling to be just wonderful. I I believe (laughs) in him just walking into like by schoolhouses and being like, hey, kids. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Why are they screaming so much? Every time I want to make new friends. Aww, uh, poor, poor Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Poor Bigfoot. And again, my dream of all dreams, him and Champy. Him and Champy. The best friends riding yeah, to the sunset together. Um, Love that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Something we didn't touch on today um, was that there are Algonquian stories as well and Iroquois stories of giant beings like the Wendigo. Um, but what's interesting is that in the same vein as like Champy, you know, in Algonquian stories, those sea monsters have some sort of moral presence or caretaking presence. The Wendigo is often seen as like a metaphor for what happens when we are greedy and that becomes this mm. cannibalistic being. So maybe, maybe Bigfoot has something to teach us. If oh, we would I only listen. Definitely does. Mm-hmm. If yeah. we would only listen to him before shooting him first. <laughs> yes. I think we Everyone... can say that it's a. It's a belief of both of our shows. Don't, don't shoot Bigfoot if you don't see shoot him, Bigfoot. unless he's threatening you actively, uh, right. barreling towards you, yeah. eyes red and glowing and raging. <laughs> uh, don't, don't shoot Bigfoot. Don't do it. And please don't fat shame him. Absolutely. Don't, don't do that. You had a rough day. You're walking through the woods. You see something rustling. You're not sure what it is. You don't choose to think what it is. Hey, don't shoot him. Don't shoot it. The more you know. Don't. A lot of references to like a rotund ape-like creature. They it's like, always oh, just be nice to Bigfoot. Paunchy, chubby. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he's he's got nuts and berries that he needs to stock yeah. up on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's wearing trousers. You can't see his nuts. And nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he started wearing trousers. He just felt like it was it was too much too much emphasis on you know his. his... He's in like the Wizard of newspaper. Oh, that again. Damn it. <laughs> Well, you know, everyone's like... Is it the trousers? Do we think it's... Everyone's like, he's got big feet. What what has he got going on there? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, there you have it. There you have it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, that was... I mean... I never knew that we had so much Bigfoot in New York, and so now, right? I, let alone like so close, like Queen the Rockaways. God, I hate that very much. Honestly, I don't. I think Bigfoot's cool. I think it's fun smoking some joints. As long with... as it's the nice dancing Bigfoot and not the snapping the horse neck. Yeah, that's because that's yeah. because people have forced him on on the drugs. <laughs> right, smoking some joints with Bigfoot. That's the the Bigfoot that was dancing on the beach. That guy's horse cart took him away. Right, we don't know. That <laughs> yeah. could have just been... It could have been bottles of wine and little bongs he had. That's true. Could have been a real party that night. Oh, man. Well, Sean Carey, thank you so much for being here once again. Tell us everything. Where can we listen to Ain't It Scary with Sean Carey? Give us all the deets. Um, Anywhere fine podcasts are sold, any of those marketplaces (laughs) where you go to buy your podcasts. And and we keep our prices pretty low. There are no prices. Any any of the apps, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, you can find us at Ain't It Scary, um, basically on most social media, and at Ain't It Scary.com. Oh, and on Patreon. 
and on Patreon. Yeah, if give you, them if your you money. If you like us so much, you want to jump right into that. You've never heard us before, but Blindly you want to support give us. Your us. Money. <laughs> yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash ain't it scary. YouTube. And you can find us. People yeah. will be able to find us. We're findable. Ain't it scary? Uh, we talk about all kinds of spooky stuff in a silly way. Well, um, Make sure you follow Sean and Carrie on all the social meds and listen to their show. We do. We hope you do. It's a fun. It's a fun little. If you like our show, you like their show. That's real. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and while you're on the socials, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram and Facebook and the TikTok and at NY Mysteries on the Twitter. Um, we also have a Patreon. Give us your money, please. We love it. We love it so much. Um, no, but seriously, you know, I need new headphones. Um, <laughs> that's patreon.com slash NY Mystery Machine. Um, and T-shirts. We have T-shirts on sale. A lot of you have been buying those T-shirts. We love them. We love seeing you in them. It's June. Um, it's Pride Month. Buy, Time for your Queer Alien get T-shirt. Get your Queer Alien T-shirt. Uh, it's the queerest of the aliens. So uh, that's com slash NY Mystery Machine. I think that's all the things. We're back next week with an all-new episode as yep. we're we're hustling down the road to the end of uh, season two. Yep. All right. All right. I've been Adam Mace. I've been Christine Marinelli. They've been Sean Carey. And thank you for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Town Hall, but for ghosts. Who wear pants or not, who cares? It's up to you. You wear your own pants.